Hey guys, and welcome back to Active Architecture, Episode 2 on Dollhouse Season 1, Episode 2, The Target. I'm Jay. I'm Jen Gempinger. And I'm Kevin Batchelder. All right, I think the first thing we want to do today is talk a little bit about some of the feedback that we've gotten via email and uh, through the Facebook group as well. Yes, it's been awesome uh, starting to get more and more of you joining the Facebook group that we do have, by the way. So if you're interested, uh, uh, check us out on Facebook. If you do a search for uh, Active Architecture, our group should pop up there if you want to get involved uh, over there. We appreciate folks posting a few comments, and also we get some emails, too, which is, which is good. I guess momentum is starting to move forward, and that's, that's a lot of fun because we, we love the community side of this stuff, guys. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest reasons to do it, especially with a show like Dollhouse that has so many layers. So it's it's always fun to get uh, the community involved as much as possible. Oh, definitely. Especially as we get going and we get a little more in depth. You know, of course, we're still episodic week to week episodes right now. But once we start getting into the meat of it, it's going to be great to hear everybody's theories and first impressions and what it's meant to them overall. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Do we want to start with Angie's email? Sure. Uh, Angie had sent us uh, an email, uh, specifically what she was asking about, uh, along with some other fun stuff about Dragon Con and some other things that uh, she and I and Jen were at last year. But uh, she was asking about uh, the concern that uh, when she's tried to get some other folks into the show, she sometimes gets the comment that, oh, isn't that the anti-feminist show? Which uh, I must admit I've also kind of seen a few comments about myself, too. Um, so it's not uh, it's not unusual to hear that, uh, and I'm I'm thinking that's mainly because of some of the promotional materials that Fox puts out, and some you know if you look at it from the ten thousand foot view, I can see where some folks could could make that leap. Oh, definitely, and I I know initially uh, when you know the series and they were starting to do some of the first real promotional stuff. I remember there was one trailer they did really, really early um, and they used the Foo Fighters song Pretender and being a huge Foo Fighters nerd, I was totally excited about that. And it really, that song made sense with it. And then they kind of scrapped that and they came back with another trailer and it it definitely did have a much more um, eye candy type feel to it. And um, I know that was one of my kind of initial like, oh, yeah, they're going to go there. They're going to go that direction. But it's Fox. I wasn't terribly surprised. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole thing is that if you don't really watch the show or take the time to look at it beyond what the way Fox promoted it, obviously having Eliza Dushko as the lead, it's not hard to, to you know, look at her and say, oh, let's let's put that out there as the promotional tool to get, you know, guys to watch the show. Um but yeah, I think if you actually sat down and watched an episode or two of the show, I, I mean, your opinion has to change. There's, there's not really a way. I mean, that you could just strictly say that it's anti-feminist. Uh, I mean, it's Joss Whedon. So, um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say I'll agree with you guys. You know, if you look at the promotional material, you could say that maybe. But if you gave the show a chance, you would see probably the exact opposite. Yeah, as we said, a lot of the promo picks early on, especially, have got Eliza with a gun or several different of them. And I mean, how often do we see that in the series? That's not even really part of what's going to happen. But it is the uh, moving towards the lowest common denominator as far as uh, getting people's attention. But it also, once you start watching a couple of the early episodes, as they are always talking about, uh, you know, what the premise of the show is, people do start going there. The whole idea programmable people, oh, they're just basically going to be, you know, prostitutes and, and uh, used for other 
uh, lower common denominator type thing. So it's, it's one of the, what I found when I talked to folks, and, and it's literally I just saw a discussion thread about this on another forum uh, that I'm very active in, and I had to tell folks it's, it's a case of where if you want some cerebral TV, you want to actually uh, think you have one thing and then actually have the rug pulled out from under you and realize you have another so that you're willing to challenge yourself, then it's the type of show you, I think you're greatly going to enjoy. But you have to realize that uh, you, know, you can't take things on the surface, which is, again, where that anti-feminist idea does certainly come across in some of the things you're going to see early on. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, I know Jay, you had mentioned. You know, it's one of those things. As soon as once you watch the show, you you see it's a lot more than that. But it really does take a lot further into the show to kind of get past that. I think, um, and I, I think probably a lot of that had to do with the initial, you know, uh, network involvement to, you know, kind of move it back uh, from from that concept, but um, or from Joss's original vision. But yeah, it it is one of those things that I think on the surface, and I think that might be. I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I think that may be part of the problem that a lot of Buffy Angel Firefly fans had with the show, because you don't immediately have this, you know, strong female character. What's our favorite Joss quote? <laughs> um, there's not this immediately identifiable strong female character to latch onto. Echo's kind of a shell for, you know, the first half of the season. Um, and so that, I think that's, that's a lot of hard, that's hard for people to take. But the dollhouse is an equal opportunity promoter. I mean, they have guys, they have girls. It's it's not strictly <laughs> Eliza Dushku types that they are selling to people. So yeah, but there's a lot more women. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. They're not. They're not. Right but but no. there are some. There are some. Yes, there are some. <laughs> there are, and I mean, and also some of those first. I mean, so many of us say that episode six, Man on the Street, is when, quote, everything changes, you know, I mean, to pick a very popular phrase, and, and it certainly is from a storyline point of view, but up till then, I mean, between watching Eliza in that short dress in the first episode, stage fright, uh, even, um, and I'm blanking on her name there, the, the what is it, Taffy, mm -hmm. uh, in the hotel, in terms of what she's doing, so, you know, you see a lot of that early, so some people, if they were sampling the first couple of episodes, and and only getting little bits. I can see where you'll you'll grab that and maybe just rule it out right away. So it's it's not like they went deep early, unfortunately. So right. Yeah. Hopefully, if they any of these folks, Angie or anyone else, what you what you've got to do is really stress to them that it's a it's a slow burn for the first half of the season. See, you know, season one, but you know, get a little bit past Man on the Street and, and a couple of those other cool episodes, and you'll see that there's a lot more here. Absolutely. All right, we have an email from Seamus as well who would like us to discuss the theme song, which is What You Don't Know by Jonathan Brooke. I was always sad they didn't actually use the words in the credits because the words were so perfect for the series, and then they just made the da-da-da-da-da-da-da thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know uh, a lot of fans were kind of bummed that, uh, not not me particularly because I'm an Eliza Dushku fan, but you know, Buffy, Angel, Firefly, they all kind of use the entire cast for the opening credits. And in this one, it's just Eliza Dushku. And um, so I remember a lot of fans being a little perturbed by that. Yeah. Not that that has anything to do with the song, but yeah. No, but it's, it's also, too, I think a case there, Jay, where uh, TV shows have moved so much to the lack of a theme song, and that it is about a 10-second opening intro they want to eat up those minutes in the show that they've taken away 
quote theme songs in general, so you're only getting very small little snippets, unlike back in the days of Buffy or Angel or even Firefly, where you could get a lot more uh, introduction of both characters and a full song. Mm-hmm. So, I, I love theme songs, by the way. I, I love the videos. I mean, I'm full classic 90s. Like, I mean, I love them. Oh, yeah. The whole 60-second theme with all the pictures, I love it. <laughs> oh, it oh, yeah. is, yeah. I never, I never skip them. I've had discussions about that. Even on a show I'm watching and mainlining, I just... That's the way the creator intended you to watch that 42 minutes. Damn it, I'm watching the full thing. <laughs> I have seen Xena a lot, and believe me, I've never once fast-forwarded through those credits. <laughs> no, and a show like uh, Farscape also does an awesome job of great opening credits that actually change, you know, much like Buffy's do from season to season. Two, oh, so. nice. Nice. Really? Yeah, I, okay, I, I, oh, I have to admit, that's like the one theme song I really don't like. <laughs> Oh, I haven't what? heard that one. Do you still love me? It's <laughs> <laughs> Farscape's theme, man. I have to fast forward through that one every time. Oh. Uh, no, of course I still love you. Now, come on. We're all geeks here. We're very, oh. very open-minded, but you're missing a lot of good stuff. Too. Okay. Well, I, yeah, like I learned with, uh, what was it, Game of Thrones. I, I love the music so much, I would just lean back and close my eyes and listen to it. And after about episode six, I'm like, oh, crap, stuff changes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I, it's funny. I remember fairly early on in the show's run, uh, I think it was maybe on YouTube or somewhere when I first caught the actual song itself and, like you said, some of the lyrics. But I, it didn't, uh, it's not something I've gone back to, you know, like something I keep in my iPod or anything. So I, I, I must admit, in that sense, I'm a bad fan. I just kind of deal with what's actually in the opening credits myself. I think I actually have the music video. I think it was downloadable on iTunes for free for when the, I guess, to promote the show. And I actually think uh, I'm a bad podcaster because I didn't watch it today. But I actually <laughs> think that I do still have it in my iTunes library because I, I quite enjoyed the song. Uh, like Jen said, that I mean, there's uh, the words fit perfectly to the show. And uh, so it would have been cool to kind of hear some of that. I, Very I have true. It on my iPod. That, I think that's why I knew all the words. <laughs> it just dawned on me when you said that. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, we appreciate those emails very much, folks. Uh, feel free to keep them coming in. Activearchitecture at uh, gmail.com. You know, uh, we're recording every couple of weeks, so thereabouts. So if you get something into us, we'll try to mention it uh, in, a, in a future episode. And like I said, uh, the Facebook uh, group. It's definitely got a little more dynamic stuff. We try to put up a post uh, shortly before we record in case folks have any thoughts to share, and that's where we did get a few comments uh, uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, Bob and Heidi and Sean threw us some thoughts that we'll probably interweave as we're talking about the episode because their thoughts were very specific to the uh, the episode, the target. But if you've got some other general dollhouse stuff, by all means, you know, get some threads going there. Like I said, that group uh, membership is growing, so great place to talk dollhouse. Very nice, very nice. All right, so let's talk about The Target, Episode 2. I'm a fan of this episode. I know it's in the Fox 5, which I call it, but I enjoyed this episode a lot. I like that, the Fox 5. The Fox I've, Fox. I've always called it the Fox 5 since it started, always. <laughs> I, I like that. And are we going to someday do our countdown of that Fox 5 there, Jay? <laughs> uh-huh. No, I do that, yeah. I don't think it's too bad of an episode. It, it's got a lot of good things, and, and this was some of the points that came out in the Facebook group. We do certainly see some glimpses uh, of some things that will become much more prevalent later on in terms of Echo's ability to remember things and uh, some other nice wink-wink nod-nod to the fans. So uh, I, I don't 
you know, hate it by any means. Uh, but uh, but it's does it does have some fun stuff in it. I say honestly, I think I like this episode a little bit better than Ghost. Oh, and by the way, I will eat my crow now. In rewatching the episode, he doesn't say that the little girl said the pretty lady with the glasses. He just said the pretty girl. Oh. I will take my crow and I will eat it with a side of bacon. <laughs> See, you could have let it go. We would have never known. Oh, man, I've been waiting for somebody to call me on that one. No. Nope. <laughs> I watched it last night. I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd completely forgotten. My memory's horrible, so. I thought, well, you know, and sometimes Netflix versions are different than DVD versions, which are different than broadcast versions. I thought, well, maybe. I, maybe I in really, one of them. I really remembered that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> maybe in one of them you got it right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably eventually have someone send us an email when they find the podcast, you know, six months from now and haven't had a chance to hear you do that. Shenanigans, Jen. <laughs> All I can say is if you watch this episode, I just I, I don't see how people didn't like Topher. I mean, he is hilarious. I mean, I don't care if you agree with him morally. That's that's not the purpose of Topher. The purpose of Topher is just ridiculousness and he cracked me up as I was rewatching this and I know I've seen it a bunch but still like his little one-liners are the best thing in this episode oh yeah his multiple references about guns uh, every time <laughs> there's a major problem do I get one of those and <laughs> this would be a, what, is, what does he call it a shooting event or something this would be a problem one that you would have to shoot at or something yes that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is some good stuff but we also also, very early on, too, and I kind of forgot this, uh, which is where retrospective is so much fun, was that we get that very early glimpse at the beginning of the episode of the, quote, alpha event, uh, the composite event a little bit in terms of the mm -hmm. carnage of what went on there. I, I think it was, um, you know, I used to say, you know, it was strictly just to kind of keep the alpha thing in our head as we were going on. But it, it really fits the episode in that, the, I mean, the whole thing is about Echo and about, you know, I mean, the fact that her name is Echo and, you know, the line that uh, Rick Connell has in the episode talking, you know, don't be just another Echo or anyway. But, the, you know, it's, it's the whole point to show that Echo is, I mean, doing the exact same thing that Alpha was doing. I mean, she's compositing this entire time and as the show goes and um, it, it parallels that really well in the episode. Um, with the dialogue, with the flashbacks, and, and actually what's happening to Echo. Right, and you get the whole sense that a composite is bad. You know, uh, we saw what happened to Alpha, so you kind of get this sense almost, if you don't know better, starting out, that, you know, what if she's going to composite, this is inevitably going to be something bad, which we see later down the line is actually awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it all depends on... Uh who it is that's compositing very much and that's that's another great dichotomy of the show is is the alpha versus echo uh, situation if you will in terms of um, which if the dollhouse series or even the dollhouse concept uh, you want to start talking a lot about it uh, you know it, it still comes back to me to the person you started with not so much that it was a composite or or uh, imprints and how they're different it, I still think it's that whole idea that you cannot you know remove a soul 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you start with a, a homicidal psychopath and deposit him. <laughs> and, and that's what you get. He starts cutting people up. Yeah. <laughs> they get icky. <laughs> now, I also remember a little tangential here. Uh, when I first saw this episode very early on, when when, I, when we see the uh, the Rick character, Richard and all, uh, I'm like, oh, look, it's the middleman. <laughs> Matt Kiesler, isn't that his name? I've seen him in a bunch of things. He's He's yes. really good. Oh, yeah. A middleman was such a cool series. I remember seeing him in that. So, fun, fun, fun stuff there as far as actors and where you're going to take them. I think he was always that random guy. I think he was in like Scream Three or something, and he was the one that blew up in the house. And why I remember that, I don't know because I haven't seen it since it came out. But spoiler alert for Scream. Oh yes. Sorry, Scream fans, if you have not seen the horrible third movie. He dies, and. Um, yeah, <laughs> but he's just always that guy you see in like little random things here or there. But um, he, he was a little bit frightening. It, it was a, a thing between he and Adele this episode of which frightened me more. He was so good at creepy. It's honestly why. I remember at the time everybody's like, oh, he's in the middleman. You need to watch that. I'm like, dude is creepy. <laughs> no and, that's, and that's why it's so radical. You got to give him props as an actor because the middleman is so, you know. He's so not. Yeah, Milk, Vanilla, Middle America. <laughs> See, I still haven't seen it. I need to go back and watch. Oh, you have oh, genre stuff up the wazoo, Jen. You have to have to catch the middleman. <laughs> but I mean, the the moments between him, you know, I mean, you could always tell, like from the beginning, he's kind of playing it where you can tell something's off, you know, just just the way that he's he's playing it that it's you know, oh sure, I'll bring her back safe and sound. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's gonna happen, you know, but. Um, when it gets down to the points of him hunting her, how intense he gets. And I, the thing that really, uh, my note here was clicked when, when he started to strangle Echo and that look on his face, like, oh, wow, I've never done hands-on before. This is so much better. Yeah. And it's like. I truly am a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the same way, too, when uh, uh, later in the episode when she. Uh, after she's met up with Boyd and she has the gun and she shoots at him and just barely grazes him, like at first he's like uh, totally, you know, I can't believe that just happened. But then a few seconds later, you can see in his eyes, like, oh man, this is on, so on now, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, this is, this the is a, yeah, this is the, this is the best hunt ever. It's one that's actually after me, too. So, Speaking yeah, you're which, right. Um, that was something I think Bob mentioned over on the Facebook page that this is a retelling of the most dangerous game. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, the writer is Richard Connell, so that was a nice throwback to make the character Richard Connell. But um, I remember at the time a lot of people being, or a lot of, like, criticisms I saw of this were angry about using the most dangerous game concept. And I'm like, really? That movie's been remade literally, like, 20 times. Not (laughs) to mention how many times it's been used in television shows. But I'm like, you know, Surviving the Game, Hard Target, the original most dangerous game. I mean, it's it, Japanese films have done it. It's why is this like such a big thing to use an existing storyline? Um, I, I just remember that really bugged me. I'm like, really? Everybody else has done it. Why can't a TV show do it? I, I personally love that they did that. I'm a literature journalism major, so I I was addicted to this story when I was in uh, junior high, yeah, and. I mean, um, I just loved that they used this, and and I know we everybody's heard about you know Eliza's elk hunting and all the trouble she got in, Peta and all that stuff, and and that's basically how the episode came about, and um, 
but yeah, I haven't heard that story. Oh, you haven't. Oh, wow. Apparently I'm just a massive dollhouse fan and know way too much (laughs) for the general public who have not heard, (laughs) who who don't listen to Eliza Dishku news 24 hours a day. Um, (laughs) how the episode came about, she was hunting in Oklahoma at the time, I believe. And, um, she was talking to Joss and she was elk hunting and, um, she had went on Jimmy Kimmel and shot a bow and arrow and, and done all this stuff. And uh, anyway, she was telling Joss about her day and what she was doing in Oklahoma and things. And um, he said, oh, that's great. You know, keep telling me these stories so that we can put them into Dollhouse. And uh, anyway, that's how the whole elk hunting part of the story. And that's sort of how they, I guess, turned it into the most dangerous game and, and built the story around Eliza's actual personal experience. Very cool. And then she was attacked by PETA because she shot an elk, I guess. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yes, so I enjoyed the fact that they used both the story and Eliza's personal... Abilities and whatnot. There yeah. you go. There you yeah. go. <laughs> very cool. Now, I very much, on, on rewatches, and, and certainly saw it, too, on this uh, time through really loved the whole Boyd introduction. Uh, you know, him getting, uh, quote, bonded to Echo and how, you know, flippant he is about the whole idea and then having that totally flipped on him, you know, when they're out in the field. I just think that's a very cool way and just really cements their relationship quite a great deal. It's, it's a little bit disturbing, though, now. Like, when I first watched it, I absolutely <laughs> loved their relationship. I mean, uh, I thought, I mean, watching him, like you said, go from calling her special needs and things like that to, okay, she's kind of all right. And then to, do you trust me? And he, he actually says, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I thought that was a great dynamic for the episode, but then you go back and watch it now and it's a little disturbing because you're like, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know well, that's, you know, retcon. What can you do? <laughs> no, I, and you know, what's really funny when I watched this episode, I kind of completely took myself out of the, thinking about where the rest of the story goes, which, hey, bad, right, Connor. Um, but <laughs> it, it was like, as soon as you said that, like, now it's creepy. I'm like, oh, it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I loved about this episode in comparison to the ghost, what I liked that it built on in the target was, um, was that relationship and seeing Boyd come from this, you know, like, what are you people doing to oh, I kind of like her. And then, you know, to the very end where he's like, yeah, I'll put my life in your hands. You know, just seeing how much she's changed and how much she's, uh, I don't know, maybe retaining stuff and not not being a typical doll. And it makes him be enough to trust trust her completely. And I was like, yeah, I really like that. And now I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and now you see he only trusts her because she has those special midichlorians or whatever the dollhouse <laughs> called them. What a dollhouse called them, I forget. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in the in, in between those two uh, scenes with uh, with the two of them too, uh, I remember first time through the series thinking how cool it was. You know, we we uh, we get the introduction of Boyd. We kind of realize okay, he's got uh, some type of cop or uh, police enforcement or something background. You know, he's kind of coming in. Okay, he's going to be a little bit of the. Uh, uppity guy who's going to you know be moral or whatever um, on things, and then when they're out in, 
in the van, and he gets, you know, they get blindsided by that guy, uh, and he captures him and has him in the chair and doesn't flinch about shooting him in the leg twice. I'm like, okay, this guy is not going to mess around. I'm going to like him. <laughs> so yeah. much for not crossing the line. <laughs> yeah, I just wrote scary boy in my notes. <laughs> I'm frightened by a lot of these characters I've, I've come to find in this rewatch. Adele, no, Richard. Yeah, because it wasn't it later on, I think, when uh, they had the body back uh, and Dr. Saunders was looking at it, or maybe it was a conversation he was having when he talked about, yeah, well, I shot him twice, but those were non-lethal. Like, I do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I knew exactly where to hit, not to hit the yeah. arteries. or. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, this is my weekly occurrence. Like, oh, exactly. okay. I don't know more about this guy. <laughs> oh. But I think for me, not so much creepy, but the scary part, especially first time through the series, um, and they set it up well, was near the end when we find out that that entire character, the whole Rick character, was just fabricated. And and how the bigger picture of, of Alpha, who, or whoever at this point, is like, oh, crap, if they're going to be able to pull this off, what's possible now? Yeah, I like how they, you know, they don't mention a lot. I mean, I know in this one we get a big Alpha backstory. But, you know, in like episode four in Grey Hour when they he does a remote wipe and there's just all these little things hinting up to when he actually appears toward the end of the, the season. And so I liked that they didn't just, you know, introduce him in episode one and then, oh, 12 episodes later. Oh, remember that alpha guy who was sitting naked on, on a coffee table? Like, mm-hmm. oh, he's here now. You know, they kind of slowly, um, you know, spread him out through the through the season, and didn't always kept him in the back of your mind. Yes. Yeah, and I I liked how it it was uh, as you both said set up in in such a way that it's, you know, this guy is a diabolical mastermind. I mean, the <laughs> fact that he set this whole thing up, set up, you know, the background check for Richard Connell to be able to be able, you know to actually pass dollhouse standards. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, since Alpha was the one that set the whole thing up, do you think he made the guy's name Richard Connell just <laughs> he knew what was going <laughs> to... Ah, I kind of wonder now. Oh. All these people, poor Echo, she's just being tested. You got Boyd over here testing her mini-chlorines. You got uh, Alpha <laughs> over here testing, <laughs> testing, you know, her survivability. Like, the poor girl's being put through the ringer, and she doesn't even remember her name. <laughs> or at least we don't think she does. But. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she does remember no, no. shoulder to the wheel. Yeah, now how about that scene there with that that that's when I remember also really starting to in a good way. Really uh-huh. uh um hate Dominic because I mean the way he's talking to her, talking down to her so much, you know, people around you to die. They just die when they're around. <laughs> I'm thinking, this is the kind of guy you just want to trip on the way up those stairs or something. Yes, yes. He's like, there's nobody home. And I'm just thinking, you wait, you wait. I know what episode you go down. <laughs> I remember, yeah. like, at that time thinking, like, dude, you are such a tool. Like, no. <laughs> How could you talk to her that way? Yep. Well, and that was that's why it was so cool when, when he turned around to go and she gave the, the shoulder to the wheel thing. I'm like, ooh, she, she knows stuff. She knows stuff. <laughs> We don't know exactly what yet, but you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, I, that's why I say that, that this episode has got a lot of things, especially in, in the context of the whole series that you really remember. And, and we haven't even touched on the whole introduction, too, of Melly. Oh, oh yeah. she's cute. Isn't that, you know, the whole, you know, 
neighbor next door and the whole casserole thing. I mean, I had no idea she was going to be a doll. I'll admit it right now. I was just like, oh, they're going to give him a little love interest, you know, to ground him or something. I just thought she was lonely. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, she could have at least took a chunk out of the lasagna, though. She was going to call it leftovers. <laughs> you know, just, just for pride's sake. But, um, but you know, she's yeah, cute. I she was so, I mean, just so sweet. And just, you know, like, oh, lucky girl. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... It, in that episode, I was calling her a doll quite yet. I was like, oh, cool. He's going to get this, like, nosy neighbor kind of thing and da-da-da-da-da. I, I know I knew it before they revealed it, but yeah, by I this think, point, it was just like, oh, she's cute. Yeah, exactly. I think after the fifth lasagna, I was like, hmm, she's a little creepy. Let's, let's see. <laughs> she does nothing but wait for him to come home and brings out all these lasagnas. Like, <laughs> like yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she's got to be a doll with the cooking skills. But and, and we'll I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot further down the line as far as episodes. But in retrospect, it just goes to show as the pieces are being built around Ballard how much the poor guy's life is just a total sham. Yeah. Uh, everything. I mean, from the evidence that's being slowly sent to him by Alpha or whoever, the dollhouse folks threatening to you know snuff him out. Yeah. <laughs> Dolls around him left and right. I mean, no wonder once some stuff that's happening, the poor guy isn't just a total pile of, uh, you know, brain goo because it's, it's, he's right. Nothing, nothing is real. I do like the the point of Adele calling Dominic out. Like, you want to put a hit on a federal agent, even if everybody else thinks he's a joke, I think they still might actually ask questions. <laughs> and just that whole, you know, no, I've got this taken care of. And then that's kind of it. And so it's like, we're not going to know until the next episode that, you know, she's been working this whole lubov angle the whole time uh, to kind of throw him off. So I, I just, that's, yet again, I'm in the vast minority of, like, being like, I want to be like Adele when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's face it, most of this cast, you, you, you don't want to be like most of these people. <laughs> seriously, seriously I flawed. I able to, you know, have that much forethought and already have that many pieces on the board and, you know, just that, okay, I'll say it, manipulative. I mean, I'm sure maybe it's been done and, hey, maybe we'll throw this out to the listeners to drop us an email or, or Twitter or Facebook. But I would love to see, like, a montage of all the great, Adele scenes and lines like those ones mentioning here and and, because there are so many times that she just nails it so beautifully that you just I I wish I could have been in the room to hear it live yeah she just delivers stuff and and, oh goodness I mean right right down to when she gives the Ray Wise character that (laughs) (laughs) who's in charge here uh, move (laughs) later in season two uh, on the one hand, as a guy, I was literally cringing on the floor. On the other hand, I had my fist in the air going, you tell him, girl, you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, talking about, like, wonderful Adele lines, my favorite from, the, besides, you know, some of the, the stuff she threw back at um, at Dominic. But in the beginning when she's, you know, selling the concept to Richard um, and makes the comment, everything, uh, everything you want her to be, or what is it, everything, something... Crap! <laughs> I was so like, I love this line so much, I will not forget it, and I keep doing that. Um, but everything she is, she will be, or something like that. Everything you want, she will be, and I just like the way she, she will. The way she says it too, and she like she's staring at him, and again, I think it's why I'm frightened of her. 
<laughs> I think she's looking at me, so I'm ducking as I watch the show. I'm like, what? No? <laughs> yeah, eye contact. Avoid it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Makes me nervous. <laughs> I'll see that eye contact thing is great. I totally used that today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the words just, they, they roll off of her tongue. It's just, it, it is very... Uh, it's mesmerizing to a certain degree. Just, you know, whatever she's saying, I'm buying, you know? I mean, if she was selling ice to the Eskimos, I'd be buying it by the case, you know? So, but yeah, it, it's also great, like you said too early on, Jay, seeing uh, the great stuff Topher does with, with Boyd talking to him, uh, you know, about uh, relying on the satellite and everything else he's doing for him. I mean, it's just, I, re I remember not really liking Topher early, just thinking he's just, way too annoying but it that totally was me not appreciating what was being built up here as we went along absolutely yeah, I, i'm in that exact same boat i was in the you know I, yes he had some really great one-liners i love the whole thing about you know deep deep man love <laughs> but yeah, um but yeah I, I, now hindsight yeah now it just builds on the amazing awesomeness of frank kranz because again, I, I again, I, I know I missed it at least the first, I don't know, few times I watched this series. But the scene when he's got Boyd in there to do the bonding with, uh, with 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 Echo, and uh, he tells him about the whole uh, what, do you, what do you say, uh, not proximity, but the whole tactile whatever to touch, <laughs> and he starts talking about you know that this isn't uh, you know this is art. Otherwise, you end up with a clown on black velvet or something. I was like, that is just <laughs> bingo. <laughs> and Shazam. I heard that for the Over. first time today. That was the first time I heard that was was listening to it or watching it uh, uh, last night. It, I heard that. I was like, clown on black velvet. How did I always miss that? <laughs> I, don't think, I, I don't think I've yet to hear it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, they're holding hands. <laughs> I get mesmerized by the purple lights that were going on. <laughs> So well, now we know how to distract Jay. Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you, my ADD, I was like, yes, I trust you. I trust you. But if any of us gets programmed first, Jay's going down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm the first to go. <laughs> Insert him into the epitaph one. Yeah, he's dead in the first place. <laughs> I'm, I'm answering the phone. I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> like, Damn it. <laughs> Now, one other totally random thing that I think to touch on, because it, it comes up very definitely in this episode, although many others, and we've heard it certainly in the behind-the-scenes stuff from Joss, was the, the changing Dr. Saunders' scars. Yes, I was thinking this as I was watching it as well. Because <laughs> you definitely see from a couple of different scenes, and Joss loved to joke about it in the behind-the-scenes or commentaries, you know, that it just goes from th what looked like three-inch deep gashes <laughs> to totally superficial things. I know... Um, when, what was she doing? I think she was talking to Boyd when they were looking at the body, like they were really deep and gashed and, and, um, I was just thinking, wow. Cause I, I remember him talking about one day they'll like Frankenstein and the next day they're barely existing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, that's a deep gash. It must've hurt. <laughs> yeah. No, one of those limitations of what they had to go through. I like the the kind of throw off too that they they do in the beginning here with yeah Dr. Sanders or Dr. Saunders is a jigsaw puzzle so naturally of course you're assuming that you know she is Dr. Saunders and got sliced and diced during the whole thing so I, I just like I like those little things that you know threw you off 
as you went through. I'm oh, yeah. sorry, I just started thinking about whiskey and I got all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I'd forgotten about the old man. I forgot there actually was a Dr. Saunders. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Layers, layers, layers. <laughs> this is, you know, part of what you uh, have no idea about in your first time through the series. And what about the attic? Did you guys catch that the first time through? Oh, I remember us obsessing over <laughs> that. Like, what is the attic? What could it be? <laughs> And it took a while before we actually got an answer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. No, because I also used the term, and, and I think it was in here and a couple others, uh, you know, you're going to get boxed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wasn't sure if that was different or part of or, you know. Oh, that makes me think of Battlestar Galactica. Like, yes, it does. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, they boxed Diana. She was my favorite. <laughs> Sorry. So in, interesting stuff leading in. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, do we have anything else to talk about the target? No, I think, uh, like I say, still you know a good, good early season one episode. You know, to to set up several things. You know, building on. You know, going from our our opening pilot to this, and uh, well, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> and to the yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, the building kind of stopped here for a little while, and then it picked up. A little. But that's for a discussion on another day. See, I'm kind of excited to actually go back and watch the show, the the episode that will not be named, because it's you know it's like oh maybe it'll maybe I'll have a whole new perspective on it now, and I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, I'm just singing the the song from the episode in my head, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about the dancing. Sorry. There you go. There you go. There you- yeah, again, good episode. I thought it really um, improved on the pilot. It was uh, a little bit, had a little bit more action in it, had more about the dollhouse, so all good. The only thing, I mean, the canteen, Echo, really, did you did you need to drink out of the canteen? <laughs> Don't you watch horror movies? Gosh. <laughs> Sorry. That, that's my closing thought for the target, <laughs> the I canteen. Do remember, I do remember the first time we watched that and, you know, she happened to find the canteen and Kurt was like, oh, don't do that. That can't be good. I'm like, oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look what happened. No, I watch way too many horror movies. I was like, uh, <laughs> you're going down. <laughs> true, true. I'm sorry. I did have to I do have to interject this one, like, random moment when she comes up and finds the ranger station. I was like, ooh, cabin in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Very yes, nice. Years later. Yes, tie it back together. Very nice. <laughs> All right, we will be back next time with the episode that apparently shall not be named, but it does have lots of pop music and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it does look great on Blu ray, I will admit that. Oh, nice. I need to bring that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, please, folks, as we said, it's great seeing the community grow on uh, Facebook. Um, Emails are also great too. Let us know on that uh, too. Any other top, you know, topics you want to hear us talk about too? It's a lot of fun seeing our download numbers go up. So we appreciate you telling your friends and and all. We're picking up speed. You'll start hearing some additional voices soon. We got a lot of folks interested in joining us, uh, and uh, and for a lot of the episodes coming up too, and even including that episode that shall not be named. We think <laughs> about fourth. <laughs> so uh, let us know if there's some other episodes that you're interested in talking about. Uh, you know. Uh, do have lots of names on there, but that doesn't mean we not, might not be able to find room for you, too. <laughs>